Hello, I'm Jesse Walls from Eaglehawk Presbyterian Church. We're a church seeking to make disciple-making disciples of Jesus. Thank you to Life FM for continuing to host us. Today, as we look to God's Word, our reading is Habakkuk 3, so you can begin looking that up now. This sermon was recorded live at Eaglehawk Presbyterian Church. After reading the passage, we'll hear the children's talk. So, if you have children, make sure they're listening. And then we'll go to the sermon. And so let's read Habakkuk 3. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet, according to Shigonoth. O Lord, I have heard the report of you, and your work, O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Teman, and the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. His splendour covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. His brightness was like the light. Rays flashed from his hand, and there he veiled his power. Before him went pestilence, and plague followed at his heels. He stood and measured the earth. He looked and shook the nations. Then the eternal mountains were scattered. The everlasting hills sank low. His were the everlasting ways. I saw the tents of Cushan in affliction. The curtains of the land of Midian did tremble. Was your wrath against the rivers, O Lord? Was your anger against the rivers, or your indignation against the seas, when you rode on your horses, on your chariot of salvation? You stripped the sheath from your bow, calling for many arrows. Selah. You split the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and writhed. The raging waters swept on. The deep gave forth its voice. It lifted its hands on high. The sun and moon stood still in their place, at the light of your arrows as they sped, at the flash of your glittering spear. You marched through the earth in fury. You threshed the nations in anger. You went out for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You crushed the head of the house of the wicked, laying him bare from thigh to neck. Selah. You pierced with his own arrows the heads of his warriors, who came like a whirlwind to scatter me, rejoicing as if to devour the poor in secret. You trampled the sea with your horses, the surging of mighty waters. I hear, and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. To the choir master with stringed instruments. And now it's over to the children's talk. Okay, now we have been looking at Habakkuk for a couple of weeks now. Can you remember what Habakkuk is teaching us? Hannah? God makes everything wrong right. That's right. Can you do the actions with me? God makes everything wrong right. Excellent. Now, Habakkuk, if you remember, 
he was going through some pretty bad things. He was looking around and he was seeing a lot of bad things happening in his country. Lots of people were doing bad things, treating other people badly. And he was wondering, God, what are you doing? Why aren't you fixing this problem? And God said, I'm going to fix it because I'm going to send the... Babylonians, that's right, the Babylonians, the Chaldeans, another name for them, exactly right. And then Habakkuk, can you remember what he said? What? He said, what? What are you talking about, God? They are worse than us. And then God said, don't worry, I will deal with the Babylonians later. Okay, that's what God is, has said to Habakkuk so far, and now we find out how Habakkuk responds to all of this. But let me ask you a question. When you hear that there's a birthday party and you've been invited, how do you respond? Yes, I really want to go. You go crazy excited, is that right? Yes. Crazy excited and happy? All right. When someone gives you a present, how do you feel about that? Happy. You feel happy? Ah, okay. When you get an award at school, how do you feel? Excited. Excited? Happy? Yeah? Well, let me tell you how Habakkuk was feeling when he heard this news from God, that he was going to make everything wrong, right. right. He was full of joy. Even though lots of hard things were going to happen, he was full of joy because God was going to make everything wrong, right. It wasn't going to be easy, but he was full of joy. And do you know, when we look around the world and we see some bad things happen, when bad things happen to us, because sometimes bad things happen to us, don't they? And people do bad things to us. Maybe they'll say mean things. Maybe they take our stuff. Maybe they won't let us play with them. Have you ever had that sort of thing happen to you? Yeah? It's not good, is it? It's not good. But what did Habakkuk do? How did Habakkuk respond to all those bad things that are going to happen? What? He was full of joy, not because of the bad things. He wasn't full of joy because of the bad things, but he was full of joy because God was going to make everything wrong right. And so we can be full of joy because one day Jesus is going to come back and he is going to make everything wrong right. Did you know that? Jesus is going to come and he is going to make everything wrong right. And so you can be full of joy even when bad things happen. Okay. So how about I pray for you guys and for the rest of us that we will be full of joy. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that because Jesus is coming, because he is going to make everything wrong, right, we can be full of joy. Lord, even as life is hard, 
pray that these kids and all of us would keep on trusting in Jesus and know that he cares for us and he will make everything wrong right once again. Help us to hold on to that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's come to our God in prayer as we come to his word. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word, that by it we know you. By it we can be assured of the future. Your word is sweeter than honey and is more to be prized than gold. And so we pray that we would receive it as it should be received, as a great treasure. Please may your spirit be at work in us even now as we hear it, that we would obey, that we would rejoice. In Jesus' name, amen. Picture the scene. You've told your young child, maybe your young grandchild, not to run. The ground is slippery. But two minutes later, she started to run. And 30 seconds later, she's lying on the ground, crying her eyes out. One side of her is wet, her hand is a bit grazed. What's your reaction? Say, I told you so. Give a cuddle. Both. Which one comes first? How would you react? What about when someone calls you by the wrong name? Do you correct him? Or do you let it go, hoping that it was just a slip of the tongue? Or that they will hear someone else speaking to you and calling you by the right name and so correct your name in their own head by themselves? How do you react? In 2016, I wasn't sure how to react when I heard that Donald Trump was, uh, had, had won against Hillary Clinton as the, uh, presidential, in the presidential election. I wasn't sure how to react. I was relieved that Hillary hadn't won. But Donald Trump was a bit of a wild card. He certainly wasn't a godly man. There are moments where unsure how to react. Sometimes it's a serious situation, sometimes not. And you might ask that question when you read the Bible sometimes. How should I react to this? And maybe you've been asking that as we've explored the, uh, the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk speaks of justice and God bringing justice to his enemies. We've seen a God who's unpredictable and can't be put into a box. He's certainly not the God of soppy love and acceptance that our world wants to believe in. And so, how should we react? How did Habakkuk react? He rejoiced. And as we read his reaction, we should rejoice too. We have a God who cares for his people and punishes those who harm them, who will make everything wrong, right. Habakkuk 3 calls us to rejoice in God's justice. So let's dive into Habakkuk 3 by exploring our first heading in verses 1 and 2, Your Kingdom Come. Here's what they say. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet according to Shigonioth. O Lord, I have heard 
the report of you, and your work, O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. This is a radically different Habakkuk to the one that we met two weeks ago. He opened his book complaining, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not not hear? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? He was grieved over the godlessness of God's people and God wasn't doing anything about it. And how had God responded? That he was raising up the fierce and mighty Babylonian army to punish Judah. But that hadn't solved Habakkuk's problem. How could God punish Judah with a nation worse than them? Will Babylon get away with their wickedness? God responded in chapter 2 that Babylon would get what's coming to them. What they'd done to other nations would be repaid. There'd be no escape. They would drink from the cup of God's wrath. He would make everything wrong right. And this inspired Habakkuk to write a psalm of praise. It's according to Shigorinoth, can't pronounce that word, verse 1, probably a musical term which pops up in Psalm 7. And at the end of the chapter we read, to the choir master with stringed instruments. This was a song for God's people to sing. Habakkuk's struggle and resolution, it wasn't for him only. He had given voice to the confusion and the heartache of all God's people, all the faithful, as they looked out at the wickedness around them. And now he provides words for God's people to rejoice. When John Newton wrote, Amazing Grace, How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. He was speaking of his own experience. He was amazed that God would be so gracious gracious to save someone like him. Like him, a former slave trader who caused untold suffering, a blasphemer, a drunkard, a violent man. See, this was his song. But in all the churches, all the different churches and all the different styles of churches that I have been to, I can't think of a time where Amazing Grace hasn't been sung with gusto. Sometimes there's a chorus added, sometimes there's different verses which are used, but every time The church raises its voice like it does for almost no other song. It's not just Newton's song. It's not just his experience. It's ours. And so Habakkuk wants us to join with him in his psalm of praise to God. To sing that we've heard of God's work in the past, bringing justice for his people and against his people, and to pray that God would do it again. In the midst of the years, make it known, he says. And that's what we pray in the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom 
Come, bring your justice, eliminate evil, save your people. This is our song. This is our prayer. Habakkuk wants us to rejoice in God's justice because God will make everything wrong right. And as he prays, your kingdom come, he dwells on the God who's coming. In our second heading, verses 3 to 15, make sure you've got your Bibles open there, we see our fearsome God. Habakkuk presents God on a journey through the earth, bringing judgment to those threatening his people. In verse 3, he begins, God came from Mount uh, from Teman and the Holy One from Mount Paran. These were places around Mount Sinai where God gave his law to Israel. His splendor covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. When God came down to Sinai, there was cloud, lightning, thunder, a trumpet blast. The people trembled and they couldn't bear to hear God speak. They experienced God's splendor in the wilderness, the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire which would lead them day and night. Verse 4, his brightness was like the light. Rays flashed from his hand and there he veiled his power. There were those times where God sent fire and lightning because Israel has sinned against him. When the light shone in the tabernacle when it was first made and Moses couldn't even go into it, still God's glory was veiled. As bright as it was, there was more. As terrified as the people were of what they saw, there was more. God was holding back because we can't see him and live. But even what we can see is terrifying. Habakkuk paints the picture of God's journey throughout the earth. What follows in his wake isn't a warm, fuzzy feeling of of infinite acceptance and peace and love. As he leads his people through the wilderness... The world is thrown into chaos. There's plague and disease. The mountains, which seemed unshakable, are scattered. The nations tremble. Does this surprise you? In 2010, a man was mauled to death in Canada by his pet tiger. Norman Buwalda was the chairman of the Canadian Exotic Animal Owners Association. Six years before then, he had owned a Siberian tiger and that tiger had mauled a 10-year-old boy. The tiger, Siberian tiger, it had been brought out of its cage on a leash so that the 10-year-old boy could take a photo of it. And the boy ended up with severe neck and head injuries. And now, in 2010, the man was attacked himself and killed by a tiger, his tiger. He'd gone into the cage to feed it and never came out. Neighbours had spent nearly five years fighting for his animals to be removed, but they'd failed. They could see how dangerous they were, but clearly, Buwalda thought he could handle it, he could manage it. 
He probably thought the animals wouldn't harm him. Maybe he thought that the animals had come to accept him as one of their own. Tigers are not good pets. They aren't tame. And neither is God. This isn't the picture of God that the world is interested in. And some will refuse to believe in the biblical God if they read something like this. This is a God who doesn't fit nicely into our 21st century Western sensibilities. We want a nice God who's positive and loving and gentle, who'll make us feel good and never make us feel uncomfortable. He'd never send sickness. He'd never cause disaster. He's a nice God with a pleading smile on his face, begging people to come and love him. But the Bible presents God as he actually is. Not our modern idol, but the true God. Loving and kind, yes, and also fierce, mighty, powerful. He shakes the nations. As he comes in judgment, the natural order is upset. But it's not them, it's not the creation that he is judging, it's the nations. He pulls out his bow, he stops the sun and the moon, and he sends out his arrows, verse 11. He marches out in fury, verse 12, because the nations have harmed his people. God will make everything wrong. Right, when he comes. Revelation 19 paints this picture of Jesus, the king, riding on his war horse. He comes, and with the sword of his mouth, the word of judgment, he defeats his enemies who have persecuted his people, his enemies who have blasphemed his name and who have rebelled against him following the dragon instead of him. This is a God, a Jesus, that many people are unfamiliar with. If you want a God to be your cheerleader, only making you happy and comfortable, then Jesus isn't for you. You've become your own God with an imagined genie by your side. But if you want the true God, Jesus is it. He actually has the power to make everything wrong right. He will bring justice. His judgment is coming. And passages like these are a warning to us. Make sure... Make sure that you have found forgiveness before he comes. Make sure your sin has been dealt with by Jesus on the cross before he comes to judge. Today is the day of salvation. Everything wrong in you can be made right. Trust him and rest in him. Don't be content with a neutered God. If you move town and need to find a new church, will you choose the one focused on making you feel good about yourself? Or will you go for the one who will present Jesus in all 
his shades and facets, who will comfort you with the uh, compassionate and the sympathetic high priest who, who helps us in our weakness and who will also warn you of his holiness and his wrath at sin. See, we need the true God, the true Jesus, the one who died for his people and is returning to judge. Don't settle for anything less because this is the God who can finally bring justice, who will finally make everything wrong right. Parents, make sure you're teaching your kids about the true God. Don't hide the uncomfortable stuff. It all needs to be age-appropriate. We know that. You don't want them terrified of God. But don't only give them that lovey-dovey God. They need to know that God isn't just a loving Heavenly Father. He is a fearsome God who will make everything wrong right. Habakkuk has spent his time considering our fearsome God. And as he sees God for who he really is, an untamed lion bringing justice, how does he respond? We in the comfortable West might be tempted to cringe because we don't like what we're hearing, but Habakkuk rejoices. And we should follow his lead. This God, mighty in power and strong in justice, is in our third heading, verses 16 to 19. He is our joy and strength. We've come to Habakkuk's final thoughts in this prophecy. He's heard from God that Babylon will come against Judah. God has raised them up for that purpose, but they won't have a free pass. God will bring perfect justice, and the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the, of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And how does he react? Verse 16. I hear and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Yet I will wait. I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade. Have you ever had news where you could have been knocked down with a feather. About a month ago, I missed a call from Beck. I'd brought her into the hospital the night before with pain in her belly. I was heading home from here, actually, when I saw that I'd missed her call. I listened to her message, and there was her emotional voice telling me that they were taking her into surgery for a hernia. And there was nothing I could do. I couldn't get through to her. I couldn't call her back. We'd never been through anything like that before. It must have been serious, given that they were doing it pretty much straight away. She's pregnant. And here I am, helpless. Mind going crazy with questions, but I didn't have the time to dwell. But Habakkuk has had time to dwell. His questions were answered and he trembles. Babylon is coming. There's no promise that the faithful will escape the sword and only the wicked in Judah will get punished. No, they're all going to go down with the ship. 
But despite that fear, he waits. Babylon's invasion won't be the end. God will bring justice. And so with this view of God's coming justice, Habakkuk confirms his faith. Verse 17, even when everything is taken away, the figs and the fruit of the vines and the olives, and when the fields don't produce and the herds are gone, when there is complete devastation because the enemy has come through. Verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Remember, when Habakkuk has Lord, all capital letters, that's him using God's covenant name. That's, that's, what, that's true all through the Old Testament. When you see that capital, all, all capital word Lord, that's not just a title, that is God's covenant name. It means that God keeps his promises. And in response to God's faithfulness, he rejoices. And that's what we are to do. Rejoice in God's justice. Don't hide from it. Don't be embarrassed by it. Rejoice in God's justice because everything wrong will be made right. Every unsolved murder will be solved. Every abusive man and woman, however they have abused others, will be exposed and punished. Every rumour will be corrected. Every war crime, every government abuse and corruption, every theft, every harsh word, everything will be exposed and appropriate justice will come. No one will get away with anything. And to some of us, that sounds nice, but maybe it doesn't grip us. But if you have been wronged yourself and someone has gotten away with it, these are words of life, words to cling to. And we can rejoice because these aren't just, it's not just talking about justice in general. This is justice, especially for God's people. Look back at verse 13. You went out for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. We pray for the persecuted church each week in our service and other times during the week. Frank prayed for them before the service at our prayer meeting. You might get, you, you might get updates from Barnabas Aid. You might hear about the kidnappings and the murders, the church bombings, the discrimination in hiring and education so that God's people are kept in poverty. And we've seen some of that start to happen in Australia. And maybe you have experienced it yourself. But we can rejoice. Even as we hear that news, even as we experience it ourselves, we can rejoice because Jesus will come and rescue his people. When you're down in the dumps, look ahead to Jesus coming. When life is unfair, look ahead to Jesus coming. Habakkuk wrote a song to express his wonder and joy. You might not know how to write a song. I don't know how to write a song. And you might not even know how to hold a tune. But express your joy in song. Sing. Sing at home. Sing in the car. 
Sing with joy in your heart each week as we gather to worship God for his holiness, his justice and his grace. In wrath, he has remembered mercy. He is the God of salvation, verse 18. He has been merciful to us who believe. And he'll show his mercy by judging those who oppress his people. God will make everything wrong right. And so rejoice. Rejoice in God's justice. Join Habakkuk and sing his praise with all your might. Unashamed because you can't hit that note. Sing. Sing with joy because he is your strength. Through promises like these, his spirit strengthens your faith. You can grasp onto him in the hardest times because by his spirit, he places your feet on solid ground. Even when it feels like everything else is falling apart and all the world is against you, sing. Because he is the God of your salvation. He is your strength. Habakkuk wrote a short book, but a powerful book with a message that we need to hear. Justice is coming. Through Christ, we've been saved and he's coming to rescue us. And so rejoice. And I will say it again, rejoice. Because God will make everything wrong right. Let's pray. Now God, we do rejoice. We rejoice as we think of Jesus, the one who went to the cross for us and the one who is coming back to save us. We rejoice that he is the true God, the true saviour. He is mighty and powerful. He has shown compassion to us and he will bring justice on all those who oppress his people. Lord, we think of the persecuted church once again and we pray your blessing and your protection on them. We pray for ourselves that as we go through life and as we experience hardship and as we see all the wrong that is going on, Lord, give us joy in the midst of it. Help us to look forward to the day when Christ will come, when he will make everything wrong right. And we pray, our God, that Jesus would... Make everything wrong right in those that we know who do not know you. Lord, for our family, our friends, our neighbours, we long for what is wrong in them to be made right as they come to Jesus. Lord, bring people to Jesus. Give them faith. Grant to them repentance that they would know you. And Lord, again, we long for the day when Christ comes. And we pray, Lord Jesus, come soon. Amen. I'm Jesse Walls from Eagle Hawk Presbyterian Church, and I pray you've been blessed as you've spent this time in God's Word. Next week, we'd love to have you join us in person for our service at 10am. I hope to see you there. And as always, if you'd like to make a comment on what you've heard today, you have a question, or you're looking for a church, then please get in contact with us. Our website is eaglehawkpc.org.au. You can also contact us through Facebook or Instagram. God bless you.